everybody. He's Gunnery Sergeant Hartman. She's Animal Mother. Who am I? I'm the Joker. No, wait. That ain't it. <laughs> He's Private Pile. She's a Vietnamese hooker. I'm Cowboy. That ain't it either. This ain't Full Metal Jacket. It's Vikings Report with Drew and Ted Drewster. How are you? Tootsis, how do you feel about that? Me love you a long time. Doing great, Ted. I'm doing great. I feel like a midget in a miniskirt convention today, Ted. What have we got here? A comedian, Private Joker. <laughs> Ruby, how are you doing this evening? I am hard, but I am fair. Well, <laughs> hey, baby, you got girlfriend <laughs> Vietnam? <laughs> oh, you love us long time. <laughs> I give you every team you want. <laughs> oh, gee, many. Yeah, Full Metal Jacket is her movie. I will tell you what, the basic training part of Full Metal Jacket may be the best war movie ever made. Is that what it's really like? Did you have to go through that? The yelling and all that stuff, yeah. The actual physical stuff, that was outlawed by the time I went to basic in like 86. But then I went to Warrant Officer Candidate School. Like in the Army, like you'd be doing push-ups, and they just kind of walk on your toes with their boots, you know. Nothing overt. No, everything they could, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't see your hand there. Oh, phew, I hope I didn't break your toes. <laughs> kind of thing. But yeah, they did that a couple times. But the yelling and the insulting... <laughs> to a T. To a T. Let me see your war face. Sir, you got a war face? Ah! That's a war face. Now let me see your war face. Ah! You don't scare me. Work on it. Sir, yes, sir. Oh. What about Ernie? He did a great job. He was an actual retired Marine Corps gunnery sergeant. He had been a drill sergeant at Paris Island in the 60s when this, really? when this movie was set. Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, like during the movie, originally he was just like an off-screen advisor kind of thing. And I can't remember the name of the actor they had playing Gunnery Sergeant Hartman at the time. But he would do it, and Arlie Ermey would like, no, no, you want to be more like this. Get off my island! Get off my obstacle private pilot! You know, like the whole thing. And they hired him. They said, you're better. You, you other guy, get out. Maybe the best casting job in the history of, oh. of movies, man. And my orders are to weed out all non-hackers who do not pack the gear to serve in my beloved car. It was a great, great movie. It's not for everybody, but... Oh, you little maggot! You make me want to vomit! Firstly, you can raise your eyebrows. Yeah, that's a good example. We got a couple announcements. Ruby's going to run our promo for Purple Pain Forms on our website, VR.com. First, real quick, big announcement. We want to let everybody know. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government. I was kidding! I was only kidding! During the off-season, we normally run our show Saturdays, 10 a.m. Central Time on our YouTube channel. We're going to move that to Sunday. We just decided that if we move our recording back a day, we kind of capture more news during the week. We still want to give Ruby enough time to edit because we have some fairly demented ideas. We send Ruby and then like, hey, can you do this? Can you make this work? Are you smart? This will work! <laughs> I have no idea! And she's like, yeah, I can make it work, but damn it, Jim. I'm just a doctor. I'm not a miracle worker. I'm a doctor, not an escalator. Spock, give me a hand. Damn it, Jim. What the hell is the matter with you? So for the rest of the offseason, minus a couple more live shows we're going to do, our offseason broadcast schedule is going to now be 10 a.m. Central Time every Sunday morning. And then when we have a live show, we'll announce that well in advance so you guys won't miss that.
and when the season kicks off, we'll be going back to Friday. Yes, when regular season kicks off, we'll be moving back to Friday morning at 10 a.m. Central for our weekly preview. We'll bring the big board back. It's going to be a it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Well, thank you very much. Can I be in charge for a while, sir? Yes, sir. All right, Ruby, why don't you go roll that uh, roll that promo for us right now? Before we get going, we want to tell you about a website that we are affiliated with. It's called Purple Pain Forms purplepainforms.com. It's a great message board full of smart, intelligent, funny Vikings fans, specifically Vikings focused, but there's plenty of off topic subjects to talk about the college football, the NFL draft, even stuff that has nothing to do with sports. If you're into that, we are the official podcast and, and YouTube program for Purple Pain Forms. They are our official website slash message board. Funky Town and Dan Chat do a great job of moderating that board and keeping the topics lively and moving and everything else. Great place to go talk Vikings football. Check it out when you get a chance. The other place I want to talk to you about is our little humble corner of the internet, vikingsreport.com. On vikingsreport.com, you get all our social media contacts for both Twitter and Facebook. None of us are on Instagram. None of us are on TikTok because that's a commie spy program. Over on VikingsReport.com, you can check out our prize vault. We've also got merchandise from Zazzle.com. You can get a mug. You can get a travel mug. You can get a beer stein. So go over there when you get a chance to check those two websites out. You want to quit? Quit! Get off my obstacle! Get the F off my obstacle! (laughs) Hello, jokers. (laughs) Before we get going, though, Drew... What time is it? Ted? I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your little problem and light this candle? He's right! Is that a jelly donut? Light this candle! Yes! Me love you long time! All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right! Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. Whenever I watch that movie, I can't help but laugh the entire time during basic training because every single guy that's in that platoon is a guy that you went to basic training with. (laughs) Oh, man. It's weird. Basic training is something that is not fun. It's not meant to be fun. One for the Commandant. One for the core. I guess the core don't get theirs. Get up there, pile. Pull. Do you mean to tell me that you cannot do one single pull-up? You are a worthless piece of... But when you look back on it years later and you can laugh and you're like, man, you can about how stupid we were and how dumb, whatever. It's early band days for me. If you want to know what it's like to be in a band? Yeah. Watch the Commitments movie. Let's keep relations on a professional basis. <laughs> We professionally we've never been paid. That is exactly what it's like to be in a band. Not that thing you do. Every time you do that thing you do. And what are we gonna do, Cocaine Bear? Come on, we have people asking for Cocaine Bear. The bear. Bear did cocaine. Bears can't climb trees. Of course I can. <laughs> Let's put that on the list before the draft, can we? I will try, yeah. If I can find, yeah, cocaine. Write down 
Oh, yeah, he's writing it down. Cocaine bear before the draft. Okay. What's it go, Tunes? Bears beats? Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. What? As usual, we got a whole bunch of news. We got our weekly As the Kirky Turns. Hey, what's wrong? Are you okay? Our off-season Kirk Cousins soap opera. And we've got our positional analysis. The segment introduced by my grandson, Gabriel. Well, Irv Smith, he signed a one-year deal with the Cincinnati Bengals. And at his press conference, he said, hey, I think I'm the missing link to winning the Super Bowl. Hmm. Hmm. What do you think about that, Drew Bunting? What did he say? <laughs> he believes he could be the missing link to the Bengals winning the Super Bowl. Well, he's the missing game guy, but he's not the missing link. I mean, yeah. that guy misses a lot of games. I, I don't know. The Irv Smith thing just didn't work. We spent a pretty high pick on him. You know what it's like with Irv Smith? It's like that relationship I think some of us have been in where you meet somebody, they're nice, they're funny, you know, you go out, you have dinner, dancing, or whatever you want to do, and you have a good time for a couple dates. And then about a month in, you find the knife stuck through the door with a note under it saying, are you going out with somebody else, or they're Sneaking in through your doggy door at night, so you wake up in the morning and they're sitting by your Christmas tree with a crazed look on their face, spinning a wielding a knife. If I was your girlfriend, I'd drive you up the wall. Question here with, yeah, I'd always call and call. I wouldn't call it jealousy, just looking out for you. Reading all your texts, watching everything you do. Nag, nag, nag. <laughs> I say that with enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> We kind of thought he would develop into a TJ Hawkinson-like guy, and he would have been the perfect weapon for this new offense that Kevin O'Connell brought in, and then he got hurt again, and the Vikings had to make up for that by trading for, actually, the real TJ Hawkinson. So that's yet another draft pick that you would think the Vikings couldn't cash in on, and now now they're having to scramble to fill that hole. <laughs> Ted, Ted, we don't do that here. Luckily for us, Spielman didn't have too many misses in his draft picks. Well, now, let's just see if there's anything missing. <laughs> God. <laughs> the whole time Spielman was here, he hit on like 10 people. Out of like 200 draft picks, he hit on like 10 of them. Yeah, so like you can't miss that many draft picks, early draft picks four or five years in a row. I mean, like, after 2015, in 2016, the first-round pick was wide receiver Laquan Treadwell. Second-round pick was Mackenzie Alexander. No third-round pick. Fourth-round pick was Willie Beavers. That's a waste of a four-round draft right there. Yeah. 2017, not too bad. They didn't have a first-round pick because they traded that for Sam Bradford the year before when Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. Dalvin Cook, they got in the second round, been a good player. But after that, you had Pat Elfline taken in the third round, who should still be playing had he panned out. Fourth rounders, Jaleel Johnson and Ben Gideon. 2018, first round pick, Mike Hughes, gone. Brian O'Neill has panned out. Then you got Jalen Holmes in the fourth round, and, and he didn't really pan out. 2019, Bradbury. Honestly, I think the jury's still out. I mean, he finally had a good year. And then Irv Smith, Alexander Madison is back. That's not terrible. 20 was Justin Jefferson, good pick. Jeff Gladney, tragically passed away. 
but was released for a whole bunch of reasons before that. And Ezra Cleveland and Cam Dantzler. So 2021, Darius Saw was great, but the rest of that draft was terrible. With three third-round picks, Kellen Mond, Chas Rott, Wyatt Davis, Patrick Jones the second. Only Jones is still on the roster. Oh, what year was that? 2021. Just, just two short years ago. Holy Jesus. What is that? What the f*** is that? What is that private pile? That's ridiculous, dude. And now Kane Wang was the fourth-round pick. He's still on the roster. Cameron Bynum was the fourth-round pick. He's still on the roster. So we'll see. But, man, you, you can't whiff on that many third-round picks. Let me ask you something, Ted. Is that a reason for extending those long contracts to the guys that are already proven? Think about it. Let's say Laquan Treadwell pans out in 2016. Do they have to do another long-term extension with Adam Thielen in 2019, and now the Vikings are facing this offseason dilemma with him this year and keep him around three, four extra years? No. Every early missed draft pick has ramifications, whether it's holding on to a player too long, having to trade for a guy like TJ Hawkinson, having to go into free agency and overpay for a guy that's probably past their prime or take a risk on a guy that has potential but's got injury history. Every single one of those picks has ramifications to it. So out of those top four rounds on the years you just mentioned, that's like a 20%, what is that, 20% hit rate? The guys we just said, they're three or four or five or something? I'd have to run the numbers. I don't think it's very good. You can't have one good draft every eight, seven, eight years. So farewell, old friend, Irv Smith, best of luck. And it would just turn out to be the Vikings' luck that Irv Smith actually is the missing piece to the Bengals winning a Super Bowl. 80 catches, 850 yards, game-winning TD in next year's Super Bowl. Maybe he's the guy that make the Bengals turn the corner. Yeah. <laughs> a couple minor league signings since we were last on the air. Both guys with Rams experience, connection to head coach Kevin O'Connell. Linebacker Troy Reeder played with the Rams and the Chargers. He was on the Rams. 2021 Super Bowl championship team and wide receiver Brandon Powell. What do you think of those guys, Drew? They're great backup reserve guys to have. Yeah. We've talked a lot in the last two years on this show about your starters don't win you the season, your reserves do. And sure enough, it played out last year when Shelly came in. We were forced to play him, and he did all right. So you got to have good depth players, and I think Kevin O'Connell's familiar with these Rams guys, so. I like the signing of both. I need to study up more on both, but uh, it's always good to have good depth guys, Ted. Reader had a couple of productive years with the Rams. Had kind of a down year with the Chargers last year, but yeah, I would expect him to be kind of in the mix for a lot of playing time at linebacker, especially with Ryan Flores now as defense coordinator. So veteran cornerback Marcus Sherrills, who can't die. Twinkies, cockroaches, and Marcus Sherrills. Oh, wait, no, I don't mean Marcus Sherrills. I mean C.J. Ham. C.J. Ham did it another year, Ted. Got a two-year extension. He's like Keith Richards, bro. I know there's a cure for whatever bioterrorism that they send at us. I know there's one, and it lies within Keith Richards. I know that. He's the only man on the planet who can go anthrax. <laughs> All right. Touches the ball 14 times a year. That's as often as my balls get touched. But tell me, Eddie, is that a rabbit in your pocket or you're just happy to see me? I didn't get a two-year extension! We love you, long time! <laughs> <laughs> he started back, I think, when Jerry Burns had... Jerry Burns was the first coach he played for. 
Yeah, Ham and Foreman were the dual fullback starting lineup back in the 1970s. The Vikings used him the proper way in like one game. I think it was the last game of the year with the Bears, wasn't it? He was running the ball, he was catching the ball, he was catching swing routes and wheel routes. And I like him as a football player. I don't dislike C.J. Ham. This is not like a, a personal vendetta or anything against C.J. Ham. I love C.J. Ham because I don't know if you remember that great comeback win against the Colts when it went into overtime. I don't know if you saw the look, C.J. Hamm, but he was the guy that was out for the Vikings for the coin toss. And the Colts guy just had this, like, what just happened to us look on his face. It's all grim. And, and C.J. Hamm walks out and he just goes, it does one of those looks. We'll find the clipper and we'll roll. It was hysterical. I mean, I love C.J. Hamm. I just don't understand. The Vikings don't use the fullback. And, and now maybe the thinking is that with, you know, the Josh Oliver signing and the C.J. Hamm extension, they're going to kind of bulk up more blockers as possible or get as many good blockers at the point of attack as possible if they still think the interior of the offensive line is weak or whatever and go from there. But you could have saved $3 million in cap space by cutting the dude and still could have gotten somebody with a great locker room, but whatever. If you're looking for a blocker, go get one in the draft, a fullback that blocks. I mean, that's about the easiest guy you can pick. You're not paying $3 million bucks to a guy that blocks. Vikings are. <laughs> like you said, I don't hate ham. We're ham friendly on this show. Yeah. You ham or turkey at Thanksgiving? What do you do? Oh, turkey. You don't do ham? Team turkey, no. Uh-huh. So, anyway, like we have any say in the matter, CJ Ham's back. Yay, CJ! Welcome back to the Vikings for your 15th year. <laughs> Even though we're advocating you getting cut, welcome back. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Hope it's not awkward for you. All right, we can't have an off-season show without an As the Kirky Turn segment because it's just, I mean, it's like, it's always this off-season drama and soap opera. And it's not, but it's just beat to death by everybody. So what's the latest on him now, Ted? So Andrew Kramer, he's the Star Tribune Vikings beat writer. He has a podcast called Access Vikings. And on it, he said that Kirk was asking for a three-year guaranteed deal, but less than the $40 million per year that Daniel Jones got a few weeks back. Remember when we were talking about those quarterback extensions, we did our quarterback preview, we thought Kirk was going to get a lot of money if he was going to get extended. But he approached the Vikings and said, look, I'll take less than Daniel Jones, but I want three years and I want it fully guaranteed. And the Vikings said no. And per Kramer, the, the Cousins camp was surprised that that offer was turned down. And so... I just want to do Joker and blow my head off scene when I talk about Kirk Cousins because I just get so aggravated with this whole thing. Was that Joker or Pyle? I'm sorry. I meant Private Pyle. I am in a world of Joker. Hi, Joker. (laughs) So, yeah, so that probably means now that Kirk is going to play out 2023 and become a free agent. Which now, because Lamar Jackson still hasn't been signed by the Ravens, people are thinking the Vikings might be in play for Lamar Jackson. But Quasi Adolfo Mensa has said, look, I want flexibility at the quarterback position. I want a guy that could get the job done, but I don't want to pay too much for him. So that kind of indicates that maybe they're looking at a guy on a rookie contract, which means they'd be looking to draft the guy. Will Levis is a guy that has been tied to the Vikings recently. So what's up with Kirk and the QB? Are they, the Vikings going to trade for a dude in the draft? Are they going to trade up for a guy? Are they going to... Let Kirk ride it out and draft a guy next year, get a bridge quarterback. What do you think this is leading for the Vikings? Everybody kind of said last year, this year's going to be a good quarterback draft. It's kind of sketchy. So if they don't take a guy this year, 
I think the bridge guy would have been Mullins. I mean, look at that free agent list of quarterbacks next year. You got Hertz, Herbert, and Burrow. They're all going to go back to their teams. They're all going to resign. In fact, Herbert's probably signing right now. Look at everybody else in that free agent quarterback list for next season, Ted. I think Mullins is as good as all those guys. So if they choose not to take a quarterback this year, can you really say Nick Mullins is our starter? We're going to make a Super Bowl run, but you really have no other choice. The difference in drafting a guy this year is so he can get his one-year learning curve out of the way why Cousins is here. But I think that's a mistake to take a quarterback because of that. It is. If you're just taken for that reason, you're backing yourself into a corner, aren't you? I think so. And, like, look, the Vikings have limited draft picks this year. Me, personally, I'm not buying any of this quarterback smoke coming out that's being tied to the Vikings. I think they realize they need to fix their defense. It was literally the worst defense in the NFL last year, 31st, whatever. It was bad. So they brought in a new coordinator who is going to help immensely, I think, but they still need bodies on that side of the football. And it just makes too much sense to me for the Vikings to trade down and try and get maybe recoup a second or a third round pick and get more extra draft picks this year and maybe move around, maybe trade down a couple different times get a couple third-round picks, get back into the second round. I I mean, I don't know, but I guess if a guy falls, like Herndon Hooker or Stetson Bennett is out there, I would be okay with going to get a guy like that if they don't have to trade up to get it. But I agree with you. If you trade up for a guy like Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, if one of those two guys start falling, I think Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud go one-two. You can pick who goes first, who goes second. But I think those guys are off the board at 1-2. One, 1-2 two. One, two or 1-3. You know, the defensive lineman that's up at the edge guy that's up in there, I think the Bama guy is pretty high up. I would be okay with, like, moving three or four spots up. If, like, a guy like Levis or Richardson fell and they're sitting there at 17 or 18, I don't think that would be a huge loss of draft capital. Agreed, but going from 23 to 4, like oh. the conversation I had yesterday, 23 to 4, you know what that will cost us? I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. The only way they would get out of not blowing up this year's draft class and next year's draft class would be to include players like Dalvin Cook or Daniil Hunter or Zadarius Smith. And that could maybe soften the blow in terms of draft picks. I agree with you. I think moving up from 23 to 4, you are gambling your entire job as GM and coach in two or three years on that one move. And if it's for Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, that feels very risky for those guys. It would be bold. It would be the talk of the draft. Now, the only way I'm moving up is if I got a shot at a Burrow-type guy or something like that. But there's no Joe Burrows in this draft, I don't think. I don't think so either. We'll see. That's kind of where the Vikings sit with Kirk. It looks like he's going to play out his last year deal and become a free agent. What happens? Well, we'll find out. Maybe that'll be answered in the draft or whatever this year. But we'll see. We'll find out on draft night. We're going to be live the first two nights of the draft. First three rounds. Thursday and Friday night. Joined by our very good friend, Christopher Gates. So... Look forward to that draft show. That's it for our news. We are on to our positional analysis as introduced by the one, the only grandson, Gabriel. Hit it, Gabriel. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the Vikings report with Drew and my papa. Positional analysis. Hit it, papa. All right. Welcome back to Vikings report with Drew and my papa. This week we're hitting defensive tackle. That's what she said. We meant to mention at the beginning of the show, we forgot. So we'll choke ourselves. 
As always, we go over the guys on the roster, the potential free agents, and then Drew's going to break out his big board of, of defensive tackle prospects. Currently on the roster, you got two guys returning from last year, Harrison Phillips and Kyrie Tonga. Dalvin Tomlinson signed a pretty good deal with the Browns, so he's gone. But to replace Tomlinson, the Vikings signed free agent Dean Lowry from the Green Bay Packers. Speaking of free agency, that was their free agency signing. There are a couple other guys out there, but they don't fit the type of guy that Quasi Adolfo Mens has been going after. I'm talking about Michael Brockers, who's 32. And Dominican Sue is out there. He's 36. I just don't think those guys are players the Vikings would be interested in. If there's a dude that fits that 20-something affordable price tag, only guy I saw was Chris Wormley. My Michigan boy. You know what? In Michigan, he had a great first step, always in the backfield, very quick, but... He was limited on being athletic as he can, but he's a good football player. He just doesn't do it as many things well as some of these other guys. I think Lowry is going to be their only free agent signing at this position. I really like Jerry Tillery, but he re-signed with Vegas. He's one of my favorite defensive tackles that was on that list. Mm -hmm. I'm shocked that Brockers is still there. I like John Hankins, too, but he signed with Dallas. I like Shelby Harris from Seattle. He's also 32 years old. Not much of a pass rusher anymore, Ted, but yeah. he is still a really good run stopper. And you need run stoppers in the middle. That's been killing the Vikings for a long time. And how about defensive tackle Justin Zimmer? It'd be fun just to have him at practice so you can rip on him and say, get your together, Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't really want Justin Zimmer. Imagine that. I really am looking forward to this discussion on your big board. Yep. Defensive tackles. If you want to go ahead, put that up on the board. Let's do it. There's a guy I really want to talk about, and it's not Jalen Carter, but we're going to talk about him first. A couple weeks ago, right when the combine was going on, there was an arrest warrant put out for him. It looks like he's going to face a misdemeanor charge, but whatever happens, he's not going to face any jail time. Right now, he's kind of dropping. Some people are saying maybe even out of the top 10. You had him as like a top two or three guy before the combine. Oh, and then he had a, a pretty disappointing pro day as well that caused him to drop some more where do you see jalen carter landing now top 10 top 15 jalen carter has caused me to be flummoxed ted flummoxed flummoxed wow it's pretty good I, i'm not that sure what good. it means maybe uncle paulie can help us okay to flummox this means to confuse somebody a great deal so I was flummoxed when the teacher asked me a question. Yeah, it's something that you should use while talking to your friends, perhaps. See, that's what I mean. A little bit confused. Yeah. A uh, little bit don't know what's going on. I had a hard time putting him in number one, Ted, because from the neck up, he's making some really stupid mistakes. As a football player, I got him number one. As making decisions, wouldn't even be in my top 15. He has a huge red flag. I hope he doesn't drop to us. I hope we don't take him. But it's really probably the most intriguing draft guy I've looked at in a few years because of his football skills. I mean, there was a time last year when I think he came off an ankle injury where he couldn't be blocked. He yeah. looked like Reggie White, dude, or Warren Sapp. He couldn't be stopped. But pro day, slow, slothy, he couldn't finish the drills and had to stop. He had to stop in the middle of his pro day because he got too tired. Now, the only thing worse than that is if he dumped his pants running the 40. <laughs> his pro day was an absolute disaster. Yeah, he looked fat out of shape. 
People were saying, look, he's under a lot of stress from what had happened, you know, with the charges from that reckless driving stuff. But, man, I don't know. For a guy that was almost a surefire number one pick, because a lot of people were saying, look, defensive tackles are a lot more of a sure thing than quarterbacks if you're talking about taking guys that high. And Jalen Carter, you know, before the Bears traded out of the, the number one overall spot, everybody kind of assumed if they stayed there, they were going to pick Jalen Carter first. He might slide out of the top ten now, dude. I think he would if he wasn't so dominant. If he was just a 50% player, he would fall maybe out of the first round, the second round, maybe even as far as the third. But you remember Trayvon Walker from Georgia, who was the first overall yes. pick last year to the Jags? Mm -hmm. He's better than him now. That's how I see it. Nobody uses their leverage and strength like he does in the interior of the defensive line. Great quickness. He gets through the gaps. He never is off his feet. You know, when you're doing draft research, the guys that are always on the ground, you have questions about. If he straightens it up from the neck up and figures it out, and gets hungry again, he's going to be a tremendous player in this league. It would be sad to see him not work out. He's in a rare group of people, talent-wise. I would stay away from him. If football isn't the most important thing to you, I'm not going to take it. So does that mean, then, you've got Brian Brzee at Clemson, another first-round guy, as your second overall behind Carter. Do you think he leaps Carter and gets taken before him, then? I think he possibly could, because we're talking really polar opposites here. From the bad decision-making of Carter, Brzee is a completely different animal. Okay. He was number one rated in 2020 coming out of high school. He was number one rated defensive player in all the recruiting. I seen him going late in the first round. Now I think he might be the first guy taken on the interior of the defensive line. There's no character issues with him. In fact, he's overcome quite a bit at Clemson. He had the uh, early the knee injury, torn ACL, after just four games in 2021. And then he had that horrible, awful, heartbreaking death of his 15-year-old sister, Ella, who died from cancer. You talk about things that are supposed to throw you for a loop. <sighs> he stuck with all that. Tremendous hand player. He can get off people using his hands. I would think he's going to get taken first over him, Ted. I really like that guy. And you know what? His best tape was against Ohio State. His best tape, whenever you look at this guy, is always in the big games, at the big moments, the huge games. And I like guys who stand up at the big moment time and don't just, you know, do the Barry Bonds and flop. He could play bass. He could play four tech. He could play nose if you need him to. He could play three tech. He plays everything, Ted. He's a great player. Now we're getting it. To two guys, Maisie Smith and, and Siaki Ika. Now, I don't want to talk about Maisie Smith because I'm sick of hearing about your Michigan boys. I just am. <laughs> He's a perfect 3-4 nose tackle for this team. I was going to say both Smith and Ika are prototypical zero technique, true nose tackles. And you have said, look, if the Vikings are going to run a 3-4, you have got to have a true nose tackle. You have to. Now, I like Ika, and it's not because Maisie Smith played at Michigan. If he comes to the Vikings, I'm going to cheer like crazy for him. I just think Ika is just a little bit more aggressive. I think he's got a little bit more upper body strength, and I think he's just a little bit faster. But that said, if the Vikings have Smith and Ika on the board and they pick one of those two guys, I'd be very happy with them. And, and like my dream scenario, you have them as second-round guys, drop down to like 28, 29, pick up a couple extra picks, get that guy, get a linebacker like Henry Tuoto or whatever, maybe get a quarterback in the second round. I don't know. I'd love it if they could get one of these guys and trade down to get him. You watch Ika on his tape? You got to watch it again, Ted, because it can't be possible that a guy that that size moves like that. It's his movement laterally and everything, and guys doing spin moves and all sorts of things. He's awesome, dude. He would be perfect for the Vikings. Eats up double teams. And you know if you could eat up double teams like Linville Joseph, what are you doing? You're freeing the linebackers up. I would take either of those guys, like you said.
They are both really, really good players. Ika should be a starting nose tackle week one for 10 years, Ted. <laughs> so right now, the Vikings don't have a second-round pick, and I would like to see them somehow trade down and get that second-round pick back and kind of go defense-defense, or maybe get, instead of no second-round pick, get a two or three third-round picks, and by then maybe you can get a guy like Stetson Bennett and a linebacker or, or whatever. And a lot of people are saying corner. I don't think the Vikings are going to go corner early. I think they're going with this position here, and I, I think if they get a guy, it's going to be Siaki Ika. They're going to trade down to do it. That's me calling my shot right now. I have to agree with you, Ted. You know, it's kind of weird about these off-seasons. We've been through a bunch of them, the smoke screens, all that stuff that's thrown out there that people buy into and want to post and say, hey, we're getting this guy or whatever. I always look at offseason at who are they not talking about positionally? Exactly. The they're not talking about defensive tackle. No. So I think they're going to go real early on one of these guys. And being we only have one pick and then we don't pick again till 87, hopefully that'll change. Everything you just said, I am with you on that, man. Now let's say hypothetically that they don't go defensive tackle in the first round. They can't find a trade partner, so they have no second round pick. Now we're looking at third round stuff. You got a guy like Cansey from Pittsburgh. Zach Pickens, South Carolina, Gravon Dexter. Then you got fourth-round guys starting with Jocelyn Roy. Unlike the great Patrick Waugh. Ah, okay. Or unlike the great Jacqueline Bouvier-Kennedy, Onassis. Who's that again? Jackie Kennedy. Was she married to Jack Kennedy? Give me a couple guys you think would be good mid-to-late-round picks for the Vikings to look at on the defensive line. You know what? Cansey is a good player because he always gets in the backfield. He's a backfield player, gap shooter type guy, but I see him more as a 4-3 defensive tackle. I don't see him being involved in the the 3-4. I like Zach Pickens. Very good player, Ted, out of South Carolina. Are they pure nose tackles? Pickens is more of a rotational defensive tackle. That's the thing. He's kind of a tweener, which is a term I don't like to use, but he's a very disruptive player. You like guys that are always around the football? There's some great talent I have from... Number six all the way down to about number 11. I mean, those are the guys that you should be targeting if you can't get one of the top dogs. Dexter is a 4-3 defensive tackle, but there might be some things you like about him. Very good run defender, but you don't get much of a pass rush with him. Now, these guys could be fits. I mean, because Brian Flores has said, because they asked him the day he was introduced as defensive coordinator, what scheme are you going to run? And he asked, well, who's the opponent? So, I mean, he's going to be very flexible running four down linemen, three down linemen, whatever. So it's not like these guys should be automatically discounted, I, th- I think is a fair statement. Right. You mentioned Roy earlier. He's uh, probably, I see him more as a three technique in a four, three, but like you said, you could change him around. You, you might just like the athletic part of some of these players and you can switch positions with them. He is also a pocket pusher. You can get very, very physical up front. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. I'm sorry. I couldn't hold it, I couldn't hold it in any longer. That's what she said. Oh, no, 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 not that. Just come on. So you're predicting, along with me, we both think the Vikings' first pick in the draft is going to be a defensive tackle. I think so. Yeah. And I have a couple guys here on Viking Watch I'd like to mention. Let's go. Who are they? I like Cameron Young from Mississippi State. Okay, why is that? Nose tackle, two-gap guy. He could play either one, you know, the A and B gap alongside the center. He played in a 3-3-5 alignment at Mississippi State. So he's very used to being active up front on the line and covering a lot of bases and having to learn a lot of different alignments. Those guys that run in a 3-3-5, those linemen, they're a little bit more advanced getting to the NFL than the, the basic 4-3 guys. 
Was that the world-famous Jimbo Fisher, let's give up 600 yards a game defense? Yes. Okay, okay, yeah. I think that'll be good. Fit right in with his Vikings defense. <laughs> he, can, he, he could play nose or he can play in the gap. One of the best anchor guys I watched. Out of all the tape I've seen, I didn't see him get moved back, but probably three highlights. Okay. He's still a developmental guy. Probably not going to play next year, but he's hardworking. He's powerful. I think he could be a really solid defensive tackle. And the other guy I got is my last selection on there, Gerard Clark, Ted. This is the most interesting guy maybe in the whole draft of defensive tackle. Okay, why's that? 6'4", 345 pounds, prototypical nose tackle in a 3-4. Some people have him in the seventh. Some people have him in the third round. That's what's intriguing about him. Because when you look at his tape, you can fall in love with him or see problems that you don't like. He's a Chanticleer. He is a Chanticleer, Ted. He is a Chanticleer. (laughs) All righty. So that'll do it for the defensive tackle position. Next week, we'll be back with defensive ends. We'll take a break and come back and wrap the show up with trivia. Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Does a former drill sergeant make a terrible therapist? And that's why yellow makes me sad, I think. That's interesting. You know what makes me sad? You do! Maybe we should chug on over to Mamby Pamby land where maybe we can find some self-confidence for you, you jackwagon! Tissue? Cry, baby. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Surprise inspection of your barracks this afternoon. I found this. I want the soldier who belongs to this fear to step forward now. What's the matter? Do you miss your precious Rocky Mountains? Dipping your tootsies into an ice cold Rocky Mountain stream. I want to know whose beer this is right now. It's my beer, Sergeant. You put this beer here? I certainly did, and I checked on it. I wasn't gonna take it, sir. I'll bet. No, really, look, it's still cold. You're right. Now, what'd you do with my pretzels? Well, don't just stand there. Find the general's pretzels. Welcome to Toonses Trivia. How's everybody doing? If I was any better, I'd be against the law, Toonses. How are you? Good. Drew? I'm doing great, Toonses. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. Okay, that's good to hear. (laughs) I was waiting for you to interrupt. (laughs) Well, I haven't interrupted you in a long time. I've worked on that. I try to make the best of it. (laughs) Good for you. Yeah, Ted! Trivia time, Ted! Let's go. Trivia's back, baby. All right, this week the categories are Finish the Line, Thank You Twitter, Defensive Tackle Draft Picture Puzzles, and Stupid Draft Terms. Ted, does anybody on here knows how to finish a line? It's me, so you might want to let me (laughs) answer all those questions. (laughs) Funny. Okay, so Finish the Line, these are going to be lines from the movie Full Metal Jacket, and you Mm. just have to finish them. Here we go. For 100. The Marine Corps does not want robots. The Marine Corps wants killers. The Marine Corps wants them to build indestructible men. Finish the line. It's not kill, 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 is it? No. I don't I don't have a guess. Dirt dirt bags? Men without fear. Oh. 100 for me. Alright, for 200. Wait, wait, we're piled? <laughs> of course you are. 
Okay, today you people are no longer maggots. Today you are Marines. You're part of a brotherhood. From now on until the day you die, wherever you are, every Marine... Won't be left behind? That's a good guess. Every Marine screws his hat on? Like, will recognize you as one of their own. <laughs> something like that. That's good enough. Yeah, that's good. Is your brother. Your brother, yeah. Oh, how, how about I give you half? Okay, Joker. How about you get off my obstacle? <laughs> All right, 300. The dead know only one thing. Peace. Peace. No. What? Did you guys even watch the movie? <laughs> yeah, it's been a while, but I've seen it. The dead only know one thing. Driving the train on cocaine. No. Oh. It is better to be alive. So you can't use any of the good lines because they all got swear words in them. These are all, like, in the list of top quotes, though. A lot of swear words in that movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Last one in this category, Private Joker talking to the hooker. What do we get for $10? Uh, whatever you want, I think, wasn't it? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Everything, <laughs> Everything you, you want. want. Yeah. Good job, Ted Glover. All right, that puts you in a tie. All right, thank you, Twitter. This category is me asking Twitter what they think about which Viking player would play a part in Full Metal Jacket if it was remade. And you need to guess which person they guessed. So here we go. If there were a remake, which Viking would play Joker? JJ, Brian Wright, Zadarius Smith, or someone else? Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. That is correct. 50 Yeah! Justin Jefferson. All right, who would play the gunnery sergeant? Quasi, KOC, Flores, or someone else? I heard Flores is kind of a hard ass, so I'm going to go with Flores. Flores. Yeah, he got 93% of the votes. All right, for 300, who would play Pyle? Rieger, Joseph, Cousins, or someone else? I'm thinking Rieger. Joseph. That Joseph is bad. Like, nobody likes Rieger and nobody likes Pyle. I'm going to go with Rieger. Let's go with Rieger. Okay, Rieger. True was right. It was Greg Joseph. I'm sorry, Drew. I'll choke myself, dummy! I'll give you half for that. Thanks, Ty Hooker. You're welcome. All right. Who would play Animal? Smith, Hunter, Zadarius Smith, or someone else? One of the Smiths, Chad. I was going to say Harrison, probably, because he's like such an assassin. That's what I was about. My first thought was him. Let's go with him. Okay, let's go with him, man. That is correct. Yeah, Ted! Oh, yeah! yeah! Good job, guys. You seem to agree with Twitter. Thank you, everybody on Twitter who voted. All right. Defensive tackle draft picture puzzles. Exactly what it says. First one. Yeah. These are draft prospects in this year's draft on Drew's draft board. Oh. Keon Benton? Keandre Coburn? <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's got an outside shot at Vikings Watch, Ted. All right. For 200. Kirk or can't no Cameron? Is Kirk or Cameron? Cameron Young. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking watch! Alright, for 300, name the player. That's Von Miller in the middle, right? Yeah. Jughead? Ar no, Archie. No, that's not Archie. Uh, ang anger? I, something Dexter. Von Dexter? Javon Dexter. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Florida! <laughs> we didn't get a chance to talk about Javon, Ted, but he's a tremendous player. Grr, Von Dexter. Oh, I would be happy to get him as a Viking also. All right, 400, name the player. Long-nosed McGillicuddy. Uh, Kenosha Cansey. <laughs> I don't know. Close. That's it, dude. <laughs> it's not nose. It's not Kenosha. <laughs> it's Keanu. No. Oh, that's Benton. 
can't see is, uh, Kalija. Yes, Kalai. Lie. Get a test on those. Kalijah. Oh, okay. Pinocchio. Alright, my bad. But you still got it. Alright. Alright, you guys are kicking my butt. Alright, stupid draft terms. These are picture puzzles and you just have to name <laughs> the stupid, idiotic draft term that people like Mike Mayock use. <laughs> For a hundred. Sand in your sand, pants. Sand in your pants. Pants in your... Yeah. No. no. Tight skin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this was said about Calvin Ridley. <laughs> yeah, he said that about Calvin Ridley. What the hell does that mean? He has tight skin. Man. I don't know. Come on. So stupid. All right, for 200. What the hell is that? Like a like a cow or a bull on ice skates. Good enough. Cow on skates. Cow on ice. That's graceful, I think. For 300. Elite dancer. Elite bend. Elite. <laughs> <laughs> elite. Elite moves. Elite hip bend. Hip movement. <laughs> elite dancing. Elite elasticity. It was so hard to find a picture for this. That is an elite wiggle. <laughs> <laughs> that was said about Saquon Barkley. Whatever oh that even means. All right, last one. And the best. 400. What in the hell? Oily hips. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was said about Ronald Jones. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Thanks. Students appreciate that was great as always. See you next week. And Drew, I can't thank you enough for not using those dumb terms and just speaking in plain language to make me smarter, as you do every week on these segments. Well, you know what, Ted? We're not going to mention vertical jump, broad jump, short shuffle, three cone movements, eye numbers, horoscope. We don't talk that way about our draft stuff. We say, can the guy play? Does he get knocked on his ass? Can he sack the quarterback? Can he make interceptions? We try to talk about normal terms, not. Oily hips and tight skin, bad face, cottage cheese thighs. I don't know what that means. High motor, big belly dancing bear. I've heard that. <laughs> Can he move his hands or is he a taffy puller? There's such thing as a taffy puller. God. Anyways, I appreciate you not using that stuff because you make me smart every week with these segments and I, I learn a bunch and I appreciate you for it. I appreciate everybody tuning in and watching and liking and subscribing. Appreciate Toonses and all the production that she does to make this show what it is. Appreciate our friends over at Purple Pain Forms and we appreciate you most of all for just watching and tuning in and commenting and letting us know how we're doing and subscribing and all that good stuff. With that, we'll try to do better the next time. Drewster, take us home. Thank you again for joining us tonight. Always glad to have you and have your comments below about things you want to see, ideas you have for segments or something. I will end tonight being it's draft season, Ted, with a draft story about the great George Rogers. You remember that running back out of South running Carolina? Back. Yeah, South Carolina played for the Saints. Really good running back for a few years. Taken first overall yeah. in the entire draft in 1980 by the Saints, George Rogers. When asked after the draft, what are your expectations for this season? He said, I would like to run for 1,000 yards or 1,500, whichever comes first. <laughs> Thank you, George, for that great tidbit. We leave the show with that. Thank you, Tunes, for all that hard work you do. And say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted. Joker! <laughs> <laughs>